Hey, this is Dub from the iHeartGeek podcast, and you are listening to two of my favorite people, Dino and Michelle, with the Huh podcast. Hey everybody, we are back. This is Hall Podcast. This is Dino. And Michelle. And we've got a special guest. Uh, this is a friend of mine. Friend of the podcast. Friend, long time friend of the show. <laughs> this is PJ Ames. How you doing, my man? Excellent. Hello, guys. How are you? Oh, great. Doing well, you know. Keeping steady and trucking forward, you know. Fighting a good fight, man. That, that, That's great. COVID-19! That is it. That is it. And I know that you had kind of disappeared a little bit from the Facebook, and now you're back, and I'm, I'm glad to see it. Um, yeah, thank you. It's really been fun being back. Everybody's been great about it. Uh, yeah, I backed off because, they, you know, Facebook just was so invasive, but then came to my attention that they're invasive whether I'm on Facebook or not, so <laughs> why not be there and have a good time with some friends? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have so many times <laughs> thought about leaving Facebook behind, but being a stay-at-home, homeschooling mom, Facebook has become an essential. Because yeah, the, there's just so many, so many ways that it plays into what I do on a daily basis. But right. for other things, I just wish I could just drop it yeah <laughs> right and yeah. i was able to you know not being in any of the situations you mentioned i was able to just say i'm walking away uh it wasn't traumatic i spent less time on my phone which was nice yeah but there were also less people to talk about horror movies too and that i did miss a lot yeah yeah and that is you know one of the reasons why i do this podcast because you know we're in uh south carolina a small town you know usa and all my friends are, you know, in New York or in California or, you know, talking on Facebook, talking on Twitter. Yeah, there's only so much you can do nonverbal communication, you know. So, you know, and that's why we had started this show. You know, you, you remember my buddy Andrew and I did what podcast? Basically, right. it was a way of us getting together and talking. Yeah. So. Oh, that was fun too. I would encourage anyone who hasn't heard your Friday the Thirteenth podcast you did with Andrew, they should check that out. That was just amazing, and it's what drew me to you guys uh, right after that. <laughs> yeah, and then we uh, ended up putting out part one of our Jaws uh, episode, which uh, tackled Jaws one and two. We haven't released the uh, three and four episode yet, but that will come sometime. <laughs> the world awaits. <laughs> but are, you guys do a terrific job. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, what was? Oh yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> and train of thought. Go, back on track. Back on track. Yeah, well, going with. That's uh, good for you. Usually, once I derail, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, and you know, following you on Facebook, I know you love horror movies. Uh, you love movies in general, but horror movies, 
specifically and even more specifically you know eco horror you know nature run amok those yeah. type of films you know yes exactly i love those movies now needless to say there's like a thousand subgenres of nature run amok right and everybody defines it in a different way so my my feelings about it is that it's really broad. I have a lot of movies that I consider nature run amok, but I'm not sure that everybody would agree with some of the things that I include in the category. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about first, because I had put out a question on Twitter and on Facebook about eco-horror, and there were a lot of great films that people put out, and then there was somewhere I'm like, well, I'm not necessarily sure if that falls in the category. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah that, and which is a neat conversation to have in itself because there's uh, th there's people who would think uh, that it has to be sort of just you know it has to be a natural occurrence for it to be an eco like Jaws where there isn't uh, radiation or toxic waste. You know what I mean? Right. There's a and but for me if it's an animal kind of a monster that's bigger or doing uh, its normal thing, but in a bigger way or even acting crazily. It all fits into the nature going wild kind of thing to me. So I feel like all of those movies fit the eco-horror. Okay, so something like, say, Man's Best Friend. Right. It's like a sub-sub-genre, which would be uh, uh, eco-horror in that, or, or nature run amok, in that it's man-related or man-influenced, but it's still an animal that's involved, if that makes sense to you. Which right. is why I say mine's really broad. You know, and there's a movie called Slugs where it's toxic waste gas that causes the slugs to act in a certain way and grow bigger. And uh, there's genetic experimentation, radiation. There's tons of them, but they all have the same theme, which is an animal uh, that is doing something bizarre and incredibly entertaining. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let me find on. Oh, here it is. Okay, so yeah, okay, my my buddy uh, Johnny Ganache from Pina Comics, he had said the happening, which which I think would definitely fall. I think so too. Yeah, but uh, it's, and funny, oddly enough, it's not something I immediately would even consider, but it definitely does. Right, right. You know, I'm a, I'm a you know raised in the '70s, so I'm obsessed with the uh, stuff like Grizzly and Jaws where it's a, an animal or a monster that's kind of just freaking out and it's got the whole town losing their minds. I love that sort of stuff. But the happening has to be included, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Uh, yeah, so like going with Jaws, I think what, you know... Who was it? I think Spielberg said that Piranha was probably the best Jaws ripoff there ever was. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't. I never heard that quote, but it sounds accurate to me. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. And one of my favorite Jaws ripoffs is actually Orca. Oh yeah, I just watched that last week. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that's a terrific movie. That's a strange, strange film. Richard Harris is pretty hilarious in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that is that. I mean that's just a pissed off whale. And yeah, exactly. I would be angry too. There's some pretty deplorable stuff that the guy does to him and his family. So yeah, <laughs> I like those uh, kind of movies. They're they're kind of rare. Most of the times in these films, if an animal's involved, the animal's usually just doing its thing. Right. And uh, 
uh, even though it might be uh, ten, 10 times the size that it normally is. But I like the things like Orca, where the creature is, has a vendetta, and they go after the person for that reason, you know? Yeah. It... So that's a really good Jaws clone. Um, I think Grizzly yeah. might not be the best Jaws clone, but it's my favorite. And, uh, you know, it's commonly called Jaws with Claws because it runs the same parallels in character and storyline and ending. It's kind of the exact same movie, except instead of being in the water, it's set in the wilderness of the forest. Right. Yeah. And then, okay, so, yeah, we had, you know, well, and Orca, I think it's funny because, you know, the whole vendetta thing, but yet it, that brings me to a film that, I I loathe, which is Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> I've seen it a thousand oh, times. Don't like that. I and don't I, like that. I oh, uh, I I especially there's the one version that starts off with like a voiceover narration for no apparent reason. Since time immemorial, events have taken place with no evident reason for their happening. Such phenomena has been man's dilemma and the subject of constant philosophical discussions. When there is no factor motivating an event, no case of cause creating effect, what triggered the action? Fate or circumstances? What you are about to see concerns such an event. Maybe you can determine whether we are dealing here with circumstances or fate. Wow. I'm lucky to miss that. Oh, yeah, it was, because I had seen it quite a few times, and then I had caught it on, on like, some cable channel, and all of a sudden I heard this voiceover that I had never heard before, and I'm like, what? Because, you know, there there's the two different versions. There's a version where he blows up, and then there, there's a version where he gets impaled with the men. that's the one I saw. The impalements. <laughs> yeah, and then there, you know, there's the one version where Sonny Spoons dies. I mean, Mario Van Peebles dies. And then there's the other one where at the end he's floating in water. And so, yeah, yeah there, of... either way, the shark roars. It's so. like the clue of monster movies. There's so many endings. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I saw the impalement one. I was very disappointed in that movie because if normally you said Michael Caine and a killer shark, I would think I would be all in. Oh, yeah. But that movie bores me. I don't care for it, which is great. A lot of people love it. That's no problem for me, you know. Mm -hmm. As long as you like horror, I'm down with that. Yep. Oh, and let's see. I'm trying to, you know. Then we got Lake Placid, you know. That's a cool movie. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that I would... I like anything that has Betty White in it. Yeah. Yes, fabulous. Yes, especially... Especially a cursing Betty White, you know. that That's even better. <laughs> Didn't it all kind of start with that? Yeah. I, yeah, that was like her, what, ninth career? Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah that was... Not the Betty White we were used to, but it was the one we needed. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a really cool movie with a good cast, and... Um, that's a crocodile in that, right? Doesn't it come? They think it may be a, a swim through uh, rivers and started at the Nile or something and ended up in Lake Placid. Yeah, it was something like that. It, yeah, it was definitely a crocodile. It wasn't an alligator. Yeah, it was just like a freshwater croc. Right. 
speaking of alligator, alligator from I think like 1980. Yes. That's all-time favorites. That's a brilliant movie. I tell you what, one of the best post movie posters ever, in my opinion. Yes. You're I mean, right. That's a terrific poster. I mean, I remember being a little kid going through like the New York Newsday or whatever, looking at movie posters. Because even back then, I was what five or six. But I was enthralled with movies and images and that movie poster just sitting there with that, you know, gator in the tunnel there. Yeah. Uh, the sewers of New York. That is a terrific poster. That's That's got to be right up there with, like, It's Alive. Yeah. For the stuff that scared me when I was a kid. <laughs> we won't talk about the one that scares me. I don't think that one's an eco well, <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, no. Well, I guess it's alive would be. I mean, it's a human oh, being. Yeah. Well, no. Okay, so here's a question. For it to be eco-horror or nature run amok, does the animal have to be from Earth? Um, or else it's... speaking, my opinion only? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Then otherwise, it's an alien film. If it's not of Earth, uh, you know, if it's... If it's coming now, you know, there's the wilderness like the ocean, which isn't necessarily our Earth that, you know, we walk around on. But other planets, that immediately takes it into a whole different genre. That's science fiction. Uh, aliens. Yeah, that's alien. Okay, yeah. So then that would discount. Kind of an example, yeah. like, you know, something that stands out. Well, because that would... Any di- of the, uh... Yeah, because that would discount M- Michelle's movie. The one that freaks you out the most. Yeah, uh, The Blob. Oh my god, do I love that. Which one? Are you talking about the original? The original. Yeah, that movie's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I I literally used to think, because my, I don't know, I forget how old I was when they showed it to me, um, but at the time, I had red stripes on my walls, and I was convinced every night as I was trying to fall asleep that those red stripes were going to like seep down my walls and collect into the blob in the middle of my room oh, and no. then I was done for. That's great. I mean, I'm sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is really awful. I feel for you. But I love that story. How's that? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, I don't know. I think by the time I saw it, I might have been a little too old for the blob to scare me, but I know I fell in love with it immediately. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they do a, uh, in Pennsylvania, it's, uh, uh, a blob fest it's like a horror con for three days where everybody gets together and celebrates the blob oh wow it's definitely something anyone in the area or you know even come out of the area it's so much fun they should check it out uh if you just google blob fest oh wow. if you're a really oh. big fan of the blob they show it in the original theater where the blob came through in the movie mm-hmm. okay the colonial theater it's called and it's a fascinating brilliant three or four days if you can get out there but you have to be a hardcore fan, or you might find yourself a little bored. Yeah, just say I'm not. I don't know if I'd consider my myself a hardcore fan, but uh. <laughs> just scared to death. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Once I got over that, then I was scared of alligators, and yeah. And then my parents moved me to South Florida, so that did not work work very well for me. <laughs> oh, you were afraid of the alligators before you got to Florida. Yes. Well, that's maybe they did it deliberately to you. Right? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find. I'll, I'll have to ask them. Well, isn't that the neat thing about uh, the, a lot of the nature run amok movies is that you can relate to the monster so well because they're things that were we see fairly commonly. Yeah. If you see a movie like The Pack, 
I don't know if you know about it, but it's a Joe Don Baker starring film about a pack of dogs on an island that attack a bunch of people. Uh, that's um, really relatable to me because it's dogs. And I think everybody's been afraid of a dog at least once, a dog that was acting kind of viciously or even just barking aggressively. So right, like that. I also like that movie because the way that the pack comes together uh, is they are abandoned pets. People come to this island and they adopt an animal that they think they just want to spend some time with for a couple of weeks while they're on vacation. Then they leave the animal on the, on the island and all of these dogs come together. And, of course, they're angry at human beings, so they take it out on people and attack everybody they see. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's worth checking out. It's called The Pack. and I mean, I love animals, too. Anytime I get a chance to see an animal trampling a human being in a movie, I'm all for it. Did you? Uh, do you have Shudder? Uh, no. Okay, there is a film on Shudder, and I forgot where it was from. Um, it's a foreign movie, but it's called White God. White God. I'm writing it down, adding it to my 7,000 title list. I'm trying <laughs> to remember. It might be no. Scandinavian or something. Oh, yeah? Hmm. And it is about... A girl has this dog who, and evidently mixed breed dogs are illegal there or something. So they all get taken and put into a, uh, a shelter and then someone takes them and uses them for fighting dogs. But then the dogs kind of rise up and say, I'm, I'm done with this crap and freaking revolt. Right on, go dog. Yeah, and it's a fairly new film. Um, I think I saw that reviewed somewhere, maybe like Room Ward magazine or something. Yeah, I had mentioned it on a podcast a couple of months ago. I said, and it there's part of it that is a little hard to watch. I mean, they don't that they're tasteful in in the gore and everything, but just. You know, because you love dogs, you know. You know, if you're an animal person, it's a little hard to watch, but it's a little right. fulfilling when the dogs start running through the city ripping apart people. God, oh, isn't that the best? It's so rewarding. <laughs> it really is. You know, I mean, I've seen, and I'm sure you have, most of us have seen people, you know, who are just either neglectful or abusive to animals, and those kind of movies are a great way to see the animals strike back. I think that's terrific. I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I've got uh, a few films here. Let me ask you about um, the Cinematic Blind Spots podcast. Um, he he brought, mentioned a bunch, and and some we'll get into. But here here's the one. Okay, Planet of the Apes. What's your take on? I mean, it's sci-fi. It's future. Hmm. What what I would never be even considered it? Me neither. However, eco horror is definitely science fiction. Right. Um, I, I, you know, again, I'm, I'll always state that it's my opinion only. I respect yeah. everyone's opinions, but to me, it's not even close to being in the category. Okay. You know. Also, you know, it's probably wise. I should say from the start, anybody or in the middle, wherever we are here, um, anyone who's listening to me talk, if I'm talking about a movie uh, from the '50s, I'm probably going to spoil it for you. So. I'm sorry if you haven't seen a movie that was made a dec, you know, a, a century and a half ago. 
Uh, I'm going to spoil the ending for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> spoilers, but I do think there's a, a statute of limitations. And Absolutely. In the 60s and 70s, I, I'm, I'll just destroy them for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I love them. I think they're great. I was obsessed as a child with Planet of the Apes, which means the lunch boxes and trash cans and everything else, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's eco-horror. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting and I respect it, but I'm not convinced on it. However, right. he, he had some other great, you know, films like, you know, Piranha we mentioned, Grizzly, oh, you know, Alligator, Black Sheep. The English the Black film. Sheep I saw once and it was a really awful cut of it, so I'm not even that familiar with it. But, yeah, Alligator, of course, I love. I mm -hmm. mean, John Sayles wrote it, so that's... You know that's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Piranha. Uh, Piranha I like because it's got that staple where uh, the military have decided they're going to alter an animal in a way that's going to help them in some way. Mm -hmm. And it backfires, which is probably 50 or 60% of the plots of these movies. I love that. Piranha's mm -hmm. great anyway, you know. I mean, Joe Dante's a great filmmaker. Right. See, and that's kind of where the remake of The Blob kind of went in. You know, because it wasn't a meteor, it turned out to be a satellite. Right. And it right. was, a, a, you know, an experimentation. So Yeah, and the military thought they could control it, as always. We've got this covered. <laughs> that won't be a problem. The military just never looks good in these movies because they're always hiding it from somebody. Right. And that's also something. There's always somebody in the movies who doesn't want anyone in the town to know because they don't want them to panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite horror staples right there is the guy who doesn't want anyone to panic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, there's one that was mentioned here that I've never seen um, just because I, I, I haven't been able to pull the trigger on it. I've seen it and I've had my finger on the remote and something keeps drawing me back going, you really don't want to do this to yourself, but I probably should. Um, Zombievers. Have you seen <laughs> Zombievers? <laughs> well, when you see it, let me know what you think of it, because I also haven't gone in there. I haven't, I haven't been brave enough for that one either. I, I don't know. It sounds like it's probably a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I bet when I do finally see it, I'll enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, and someone else mentioned Thanksgiving. Right. Which, okay. Um, I'll tell you, though, his... The the film he he uh, the guy that made it, I forgot his name, but you know he did Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Two and you know and basically it's a you know a rubber puppet you know running around killing people and cursing you know but oh, that's great yeah that sounds great <laughs> but he did a movie called uh, oh is it Headhunter and that's on Shutter. And, and it is a ultra micro budget film that is gorgeous. And it's about this warrior guy who evidently his daughter was killed by some beast. He's like a, you know, like a Norse warrior or whatever, you know. And he goes out and kills these monsters and chops, his, chops their head off and puts them on his wall. And like I said, it's a one-person movie. I mean, the, the whole movie is carried by this one guy. It's virtually a 
silent film. There's like almost no dialogue in it, but the film is gorgeous. Oh, right. I'm adding Headhunter right below White God now. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty neat. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check out the filmmaker. I, you said he made Thanks Killing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's one I haven't seen either. Uh, I don't see a lot of the newer, I guess, the new... I saw Boar. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. That's right, you did a little review of that, didn't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I and I did... Was... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know... Sci-fi channel uh, effects aside, well, at least some of them were practical effects. I mean, they did some CGI, but you also had some puppetry, which is, I'm all for it. It doesn't yeah. have to be great, but the effort was there for sure. And Bill Mosley's in it. So yeah, yeah. I complained about that. Yeah, Bill Mosley and uh, was it uh, John Jarrett from Wolf yeah. Creek? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, John Jarrett's great. Yeah, he you is. Know, when, I, when I saw um, Wolf Creek. Is it Wolf Creek? It is Wolf Creek. Wolf um, Creek. I didn't realize it was Jarrett from um, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't. I didn't put that those two things together. So that was kind of neat. But yeah, he's in it. Um, and that huge dude. Apparently, everybody knows him from wrestling, but I'm not a wrestling fan. But uh, like Nathan Jones, I think is. Yeah, he was in um, Mad Max Fury Road. Right, which I didn't see. You know, oh, that's good. See. Well, I'm. I will annoy people with the limited yeah. amount of movies I see that aren't in the genre of horror. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I freely admit it. I spend way too much time watching horror movies. I obsess over it. <laughs> I miss a lot of other stuff, and I don't mind the gaps. Um, but, yeah, I just... I, I, he looked CGI to me. That guy's so huge. I didn't know what was going on there. Oh, yeah. He's... Yeah. He's a big a good dude. story. And it's a modern movie, so I won't ruin it for anybody. I won't spoil it. Yeah. But yeah, cool. I, all I'll say is, he raps to Ice Ice Baby, and it's hilarious. So yes, yeah, <laughs> he does, which I didn't expect. No, <laughs> and even I, I, I think I watched it twice, and the second time I still didn't expect it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't know what the deal, how, how to deal with that. It was funny though. It was a good time for um, good time for the action that takes place afterwards, though. Mm-hmm. And that was a fun yeah. movie. I like that a lot. Uh, nice to see Bill Mosley in such a like chill kind of everyday or every man kind of role. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, you know. You're so used to him being you know either Chop Top or Otis or you know right. something right. like that, and it's like, wow, he's like a dad guy. <laughs> yes, he was. He's very much a dad guy. He was terrific. I thought a very nice role for him and uh, really well acted. Mm-hmm. Because. At first, you're like, wow, it's Bill Mosley. And like you said, you expect him to behave a certain way from the characters we've seen him in. But when he doesn't, he's not Bill Mosley anymore. He's just this guy. And that's that's what makes a great actor. Yeah. Yeah. He could yeah, definitely cool. get away from that, you know, from that, uh, what do they call it? When you're, when you're, when you're, you know. Typecast? Typecast. Typecast in the roles, yeah. 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 Well, I hope, don't get too far away from that, Bill. But, um. Yeah, not too far. Cool to see him do that, just the uh, kind of chill yeah. role. Yep. No, okay. Here, here's here's one that was mentioned uh, by Shoot the Flick podcast. Um, <laughs> these are all friends of mine. I like to drop their names and help out. Um, I, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. What's your take on that? Oh, I. Saw I mean, that such a long time ago. I don't even remember it. 
Um, I didn't like it. Okay. So I don't know. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure. I mean, it's a tomato, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's camp. You know, it, it's. It's, be ego, right? it's yeah. It's Zucker Brothers humor before the before airplane. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't know. Uh, for me, a lot of the film, the humor of the movies is it's campy. It's usually dated. I find that when they're intentionally funny right. to make it a comedy. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of pushes me away from it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I like the humor to be more organic, mm-hmm. I guess. So, like, okay, Tentacles. That's a cool movie with a really crazy soundtrack. I, That is the weirdest movie, like, one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Because you, the people, the star power in that movie, and then what ended up becoming that movie is like who owed who favors <laughs> yeah I mean you, you know you, you've got what was it Shirley MacLaine Shirley no Winters. no I'm sorry Shelley Winters right. John Houston yep Houston's Henry Fonda and it's like Fonda was in that that's right he was he was the, the evil business owner right right and it's tentacles. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of something that happened a lot with uh, the movies that I love, especially the 70s films. Mm-hmm. They would put an established star who probably wasn't working a lot into the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up with movies like uh, Day or uh, Food of the Gods where you get Ida Lupino and Frogs with Ray Milland. And um, again, uh, Henry Fonda's in a movie called Swarm. Mm-hmm. about a killer bees and uh it was kind of neat because my mom used to take me to all these movies and i would say oh mom you got to see this movie take me to this you know i'm just a little kid i can't go myself uh take me to this it's got giant rats and chickens eating people and my mother would say well it's got ida lupino in it it can't be all bad (laughs) (laughs) so she would kind of eagerly go and take me to these movies time after time for that kind of thing to be able to say, well, you know, Ray Milland was really good in Frog, so I'm glad I went. She was just so sweet and really tolerant and saw as many of these movies as anyone besides me, I think, because she would, she'd take the time to take me on the weekends. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's neat that they, they throw these older stars that nobody knows, and they're like, well, I'll watch Ants because Myrna Loy's in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or like, uh, was it, was it Liz, was it Liz Taylor that was in Empire of the Ants? Uh, Joan Collins. Joan Collins. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Joan Collins. Yeah, Yeah. similar actress, I think, different, uh, different scale of fame. Right. I I don't know, those are, it's kind of like the Mark Harmon, Kevin Costner thing where I kind of used to confuse them a lot. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that, but I bet you're not the only one then. Yeah, that, that makes some sense. <laughs> it would have been unusual to see Kevin Costner, though, in the uh, Bundy series from the 80s. Oh. See the Ted Bundy uh, thing that uh, Mark Harmon was in. Mm. Str- uh, Stranger Beside Me, I think it's called. Right. I'm sorry. It's called Delivered Stranger. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's pretty neat, but I can't see... Uh, I can't see Costner in the role there. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, then we had, like, in the, uh, you know, in the 90s, was it 90s? Or it was 
No, it was the arts where you kind of had your retro throwback films, you know. And then you had, yeah, it's something like Eight Legged Freaks. Yeah, that's how cool is that movie? Yeah, that that one I liked. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, early Scarlett Johansson, which is kind of cool. She's really fun in that. Um, and I think she's—I think she was in her teens when they shot that, or at least she played a teenager really well. Um, yeah, that, that movie's really good. Now that is solid CGI. I don't yeah. know if they used one percent puppet there, but they did pretty well with it. And um, that's again—that's a good mix of humor and terror. That's not so over the top humor-wise that it loses me. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of keep up with it because it's pretty scary and the tension's built pretty well and uh, I get I get into that movie a lot. That's pretty cool. One of the best of the giant spider movies for sure. Mm-hmm. The best yeah. being Tarantula, obviously from 1955, which is oh yeah, it's that's the the is as good as it gets and as bad as it gets in a lot of ways, I guess, which is why it appeals to me. <laughs> I like the campy stuff, too. Well, did you see um, Itsy Bitsy that Dino reviewed yeah. the other day? Yeah, yeah, sure did. Okay, so yeah. what, what was your take on that one? Uh, I thought Itsy Bitsy was good. It was okay. an interesting story. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly scary at, right. at all. Uh, and spiders kind of creeped me out, so I'm surprised it wasn't. But it was fun, pretty entertaining. As a rewatch, I'm not sure that I'd, I'd revisit it, but... I'd recommend anybody who likes these kind of movies to give it a go once. They might love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. How about you guys? You like it? Yeah, I, I, I dug it. You know, like you said, it wasn't, you know, outwardly scary. I, I, I thought it was some nice gore effects. It was real nice to see uh, Bruce Davidson in a in a film. Yeah. Absolutely, gotta love him. Speaking of eco horror with uh, Willard. Willard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that, yeah, he was great in that. I like him in Lords of Salem a lot. I haven't followed his career that much. I only know him from those couple of horror films, and uh, that might be about it. Well, I think, yeah, so I had known him from, Will. you know, I grew up, you know, Willard was on in New York. I think it was on, like, Channel 11, like, every, you know, five or six months. Oh, you're yeah. lucky. They would they would put that on, um, but I'd known from that. I, he might have been. I think he was in like the TV adaptation of Harry and the Hendersons or something like that. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I have to find out about that. I, I love Harry and the Hendersons. Um, but what I love too is in the remake of Willard, you know the one with uh, Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. He's not in it. But he is, it is his likeness that is on the painting of Willard's father. Yeah. Over the, yeah. So it's a nice touch. Yeah, I thought that was definitely a cool. Decent remake, too. That was pretty good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And I, because I I was a a fan of it, you know, like I said, the movie, I, I, excuse me. I had read the book. Uh, oh, the Ratman's Notebook. Ratman's Notebook, yep. I had read that crazy. in college. And that was really, yeah, really good. Yeah, I, did you, well, obviously then you saw the film before you read the book, right? Well, yeah, the original, yeah. Well, the, right, yeah, same here. I, I, I saw the movie way before I read the book, but man, the book is 
is just really great. I think everybody should check that out. Yeah. Maybe that's one we should assign to Killian. Yeah, if we could find it. Yeah, that'd be good. Because it's written like a journal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, and he likes that style, mm-hmm. so that'll be good for him. We, we, we keep our keep our kids reading as much as we can. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, I know that for sure. You guys are good that way. And uh, some of the material you pick is terrific. And if he if you have uh, Ratman's Notebook on your uh, reading list, then I'm all for that list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he started up his own. Waldino's uh, looking for something. <laughs> he uh, started up his own blog again. Uh, he every other week on a, on Saturday he's gonna <coughs> record a vlog about the book that he he read the last you know the previous two weeks. Oh, nice! That's kind of so, cool. So like a blog book report. From yep. Killian. Yep. Yeah. Has he has he just started it, or you said does he have something that he's already done? We did we didn't post the one he did on Saturday, did he? Did no, we? we were doing test run of the uh, software. Okay, yeah, he he had, had run uh, he had done the whole Hunger Games series, but we didn't actually post that one. Uh, I think we're gonna post this next one that he's doing now. Mm-hmm. And it's a, what's that? Something thanks. Ivan? I can't remember. It's about a bear. Right? It, um, or, a gorilla. A gorilla. It's a it's a, the it's a, from the perspective of a gorilla living in a zoo. Oh well, that can't be a very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, supposedly the way that he's very happy. The gorilla is very happy with his life, and he he has his one friend. I forget what animal his friend is, and an elephant, a baby elephant, and they're very very happy. And then something happens, and he realizes how much he's missing. So yeah, it's going to get sad, I guess. <laughs> It will. It will get sad. He has a moment of enlightenment, and, yep. and the gorilla suddenly wants to be back in the jungle, which makes sense to me. Yep. But I think the reason we have him doing it now is it is actually um, a movie for release in August. So we're gonna we're having him read it and review it now since the movie will be released then. Good. Great that he read the book before the movie's coming out, right? Yeah, yep. we try we try and do that. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, that's fun. But, I mean, I'm definitely one of the people who think the books are always better than the movie, even if I love the movie. Except I don't think that's true for Jaws. I did like the oh, the book's good, but the movie's perfection. So it's it's reversed on that one. Yeah. See, and 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 I, I'll, and I'm kind of on record. I did not like the book at all. Um, yeah. I mean, and which makes me appreciate the movie. So much more. It is a miracle that that movie was made, first of all, and that it was as great as it was. <laughs> That's cool. I think you're the first person I've ever heard say they didn't like the book at all. Yeah, I mean, there were parts that were okay. I just, I think every character, with the exception of Brody, was kind of just annoying and miserable um well as as likable as hooper is in the film he is not in the book no he's annoying as you said he's got a lot of character flaws that are kind of hard to deal with yeah and i I love hooper in the movie so i don't i didn't like that right and i think originally i think i had heard that they were looking at like jan michael vincent or something to play hooper Which, if they were going with the book version, I could totally see that. Yes, the smoldering intensity of John Michael Vincent. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I could see that too for the book character, but not at all for what they went with on the movie. Yeah. Because he, he, well, everybody owns their roles in that. They're uh, iconic for a reason. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let me, uh, I know you said that, you know, some of the newer films that, you you know, you're not really up on all that much. But uh, did you see Rampage? No, I didn't oh. see Rampage. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean that one. I did. Uh, you recommend it? Um, it's fun. It's fun and stupid, you know. <laughs> but it's fun. I. I yeah, it's a popcorn film. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, I like those. I mean, the right time and place. Yeah. Uh, it's just not one that jumped off the marquee for me. I'm uh, first of all, what Rampage is a video game. I've never had an interest in video games. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not uh, uh, anti Rock or Dwayne Johnson, but I also don't generally see his movies that just wasn't that's not my wheelhouse as they say nowadays <laughs> right okay did you see Annihilation um yes yes I did see Annihilation my wife and I watched that and loved it yeah yeah we, we saw it in the theater oh, um, nice and yeah that was that was I, I really enjoyed that one now okay so I'm not I, mean, sh- I like about that was that you had so many questions after the film. Right. I love movies like right. that. Right. So, and based on those questions, I don't even know if it's eco-horror. <laughs> because, you know. Right. I'm not, yeah. you know, and I didn't read the book to get any, you know, further insight. So I have it, I just didn't read it. My, I added that to my read list, but I haven't gotten to it. <laughs> but yeah, movie was, yeah. I mean, Reading? I What's reading? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Who has time to read? Really, people? Come on now. Oh, I do now. I'm unemployed. uh, (laughs) I'm on unemployment for the first time in my life, so I have time to read. I watch way too many horror movies. My wife's so patient, I gotta tell you. She's... (laughs) She's seen so many movies and so many bad movies that I love over the last six weeks. I, I, I'm so fortunate to have such a patient woman in my life. Mm-hmm. Not that she doesn't like them, but I think anyone who isn't as obsessive about it as I am would have been just so annoyed by it by now. But even as a fan, that, that, as she is, um, but she's been great. So I'm just, I'm just saying that because I know she's going to listen to that. So thank you, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, one of our good friends, uh, the So Wizard podcast, um, they mentioned Crawl. Did you see Crawl? Yeah, yeah, I did see Crawl. Okay. That was a fun, like, just for action alone, that was a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, we... It, need, it needed more of the creatures, though. <laughs> yep. You know, that's yeah. what I'm always doing. That's why I'm in. That's why I'm, I'm buying the popcorn, because I want to see the creatures. Yeah, forget that whole family drama <laughs> crap. Give me right. some gators right. ripping yeah. apart people. I can find that in any other movie. Right. I, I, where's the alligator? Where's the dismemberment? I need to see some action. That's what I like about them. Monsters kind of <laughs> hurt people. <laughs> Number one. Yeah, we had, we'd seen that on a date. Right? Which one? The Crawl. Crawl. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That one was my 
<laughs> right, going back to what Ooh, we were saying before with, with the alligators, the show having you know a fear of alligators. Oh yeah, you know that yeah. that was the one that hit you right in the feels. Oh yeah, yeah. I the whole way driving home, I was telling Dino that my heart was still racing. <laughs> like I I could feel I could just feel it in my chest, and I was right. feeling I was feeling anxious and. Oh yeah, that one was not. <laughs> But isn't that the ultimate horror experience? Yeah. Though, to have those same feelings you had when you saw them when you were eight? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And the, the only thing that was able to take me from out of it a little bit, mm-hmm. so I wasn't like totally immersed and scared, was the fact that that was definitely not shot in Florida. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that is not, not a Florida home at all. <laughs> there, there, were a few, there were a few... Uh, Exterior shots too that had me sort of wondering what they were doing with the background CGI wise. <laughs> yeah, because I think. But a pretty fun movie. Yeah, because I think they filmed that in Serbia, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yep. But right. yeah, it's like okay, Florida homes are not stick built. They don't yeah. have two stories, and <laughs> most of them, most of them don't anyway. You're right with, with, with wallpaper. With wallpaper and, and all that. Yeah, that's not that's not Florida. Right. <laughs> now we did. Um, so, we showed that to Serenity, Peter. didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah, our our seven year old. She she really she loved liked it. it. She yeah. loved it. How can you not? It was kind of a cool movie. <laughs> we just need more movies like that. And it combined. I think a lot of people like disaster movies too. So you got both. Yeah. Yeah. You got monsters and you got uh, a, a hurricane, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you got two for one with that one. Yep. Yep. Okay, and, you know, yeah, so we, we have some cool modern ones, but like I said, they, I mean, the 70s were like your heyday for your... Oh, yeah, for that your, was for, for me or anybody, you mean, right? Yeah, I mean, in general, for movie, you know, for the genre, for the subgenre. No doubt about it. You could go every other weekend to the theater and you would be able to find something that fit the bill. Yeah, I... I, and I did. <laughs> yeah, I was at, I think it was uh, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors uh, back in, I'd have been 98 in Manhattan, and uh, they played uh, Squirm. Oh, yeah. What a great movie that is. Yeah. I don't know if I've and ever seen that And that's another thing one. that is relatable. I mean, we're all squeamish about worms usually. Well, most of us. Yeah. And the idea of it's an invasion of these worms, and they're a little bit bigger, and now they're biting. That's really great. I like that. It just feels like something that could happen in your own backyard. Jeff Lieberman makes really good movies. So yeah. You just have to know that one's a great one. Yeah, and he was there, he was actually there to present it beforehand. Oh, that's cool. He did that at a drive-in around here, too, a place called Mahoning Drive-In. He showed up and uh, showed Squirm and Blue Sunshine back-to-back. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got a chance to meet him, and he insulted me about my uh, my drink. I had a Coke. I don't know if he's got stock in Pepsi or something, or if he's a health-conscious guy, but he said it was terrible for me, so I said thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, Squirm's really good, and it's another one that I like because it's natural. Uh, not necessarily natural. I guess it's sort of uh, man had his had a hand in it. The the worms are acting up because 
there's a terrible storm and a pole a power line goes down so electricity is surging into the wet earth right and it's bringing all these worms up so you know while man is uh, certainly a part of why that's happening the worms aren't uh, you know they're not altered by chemicals or the military trying to make killer worms or anything my nod to tremors not that the military had anything to do with it but that's the king of the giant killer worm movies yeah yeah and that was another one i was gonna bring up tremors uh that was one uh michelle had taken uh killian and nico my, my oldest and my middle up to greenville for a young marine so it was me and my youngest and we had Daddy Daughter Horror Day. And she wanted to watch a couple of Friday the 13th movies. So I, you know, eased her into them. And then uh, I said, hey, I've got a film for you. So I showed her, like, Tremors 1 and 2. And I'm applauding here. That's good parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she she loved it. And she lo- she's loved horror guess all of you'd say all of her life i yeah. mean like she's seven so it's like, but yeah but her five her five-year-old birthday party was five nights at freddy's that right. that's what she wanted she wanted a five nights at freddy's birthday party right this not falling far from the tree here i think guys. yeah right <laughs> that's really cool yeah that's cool that's a good movie to show the kids tremors is really great i um like not too long ago, I was talking to somebody about the uh, like uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of monster movies, and uh, you know we all we all of us agreed Kong and Godzilla and Jaws, but then there was kind of a debate, and Tremors was a movie that got mentioned a lot, and I I agree, like if you had to pick a big four, you can't really go wrong with King Kong, Godzilla, Jaws, and Tremors. Right. No, definitely not. Definitely. It's one of the nerd, nerd conversations that most people think. Why would they sit around and talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I, I did have to step out for a few minutes. Did we talk about, um, I don't remember the name of it. What was that one with the giant crocodile and there was another giant um, creature? And they fought each other. And basically the humans were just getting killed because they were in the way of the fight of these two um, oh, what was the name of that one? Oh, it sounds familiar. I, it sounds really familiar, but I would not be able to think. Because they were that. working, they were working on the crocodile in a lab. Oh, of course. Oh, was it like shark, like super gator versus yeah, super, shark? The yeah, super, uh, no, 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 super gator versus something. <laughs> it was like mega. Uh, I didn't see that. Mega croc. Yeah, let, let it, me was, see. it was. It uh, was. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a sci-fi Roger Corman production. Okay, well, Corman, yeah, he could be fun. I didn't see that one at all, though, but it does sound good. That okay. Everybody's just getting massacred because they're, try- they're, they're stuck between these two animals. I love that. Okay, there's Mega Croc versus Super Gator. Was that? I think that might have been it. That, that might have been the one where it was a uh, yeah, Dino Croc versus Super Gator <laughs> yeah. from Dino. 2010. Well, it was one of... Yeah. Mega Croc would have to win, but if it's just Dino Croc, then I'm going to go with Super Gator. (laughs) (laughs) It was from 2010, and it was David Carradine's final performance. Oh, well, well, David Carradine's final performance was about five years earlier, but he kept showing (laughs) up for movies after that. (laughs) (laughs) 
is. Yeah, another one I'll add. I'll give that one a try. The, the title's so ludicrous, I think I have to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was there, because it was listing a whole bunch of other ones. I Oda, saw that one and Oh, that was the great heyday of, of sci-fi. Yeah, I think that was before they became Siffy. Yeah, and I haven't seen enough of those to like that, uh, what they were doing, you know? I mean, they had like, octo, what was that, Sharktopus? Yeah. Right. Well, Sharknado started a, like a wave for them, right? Um. Well, they they were doing these for a long time, like Mega Piranha, and and those, and then Sharknado was kind of the icing on the cake, and then because it was self-referential, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were making, and then they just took it and put their own head up their own butt with it, and they just became more and more and more outlandish, where it wasn't even funny anymore, because right. they were trying way too hard. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Again, that's that's the point you know I was making earlier. For me, those sort of just I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just go over my head. I'm not deep enough for those films. <laughs> Oh, what the heck is that? They got one here called Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gatoroid. Gatoroid sound painful. <laughs> they do. <laughs> There's a Mega Shark versus a Crocosaurus. I don't know how we got by in the 70s about these Mega Croc and uh, Battle <laughs> movies. It's kind of strange. <laughs> I guess we're you know you have to add more and more to scare people. So like for me, if you said Giant Killer Rabbit, like Night of the Lepus. Yeah. I was terrified. That's scary. Well, actually, I can't say I was ever scared of that. But um, it sounds pretty scary. But now you, I guess you need mega giant dino bunny. Yeah. Oh, this oh, one, yeah how about a how about a piranaconda? It sounds scientifically possible. <laughs> you see, see the, these are the ones that I, you know I like. These are the ones that I like. I, I kind of have a little bit of a different taste than than Dino does. <laughs> Right. And I just like these ones that are just so far out there, it's not even... <laughs> oh, the, oh, oh, the Piranaconda has Rachel Hunter and Michael Madsen in it. Oh, well, it's quality. Yeah, yeah that's probably pretty good then. I, I'm, I'm turned around on it. <laughs> Michael Madsen. No knock on them. I mean, they've had nice careers, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mega Piranha, I think, had uh, uh, Tiffany. In it, right? Yeah. Right. Well, that's a that's a hard sell. <laughs> we had NECA Godzilla. Does that count? I mean, that was yeah. our generation's. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a oh a, a bigger Godzilla, which fight one? our regular Godzilla. Which one was that? The Mega Piranha. Oh yeah, yeah. So not only did Mega Piranha have Tiffany in it, but it had Barry Williams in it. Oh, cool. Ah, huh, Greg. Yeah, Greg Brady. I'm sure you could get a bunch of Bradys to do your movie. <laughs> it's like Mega Brady versus Dino Partridge Family kind of thing. That would be awesome. All right, that's it. Watch it. We had Banana Splits, uh, the the slasher movie, right? So we yeah. could yeah. probably do a Brady versus Partridge thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let sci-fi do it. And, and like, you know, lab-tested monkeys. I don't mean monkeys. I mean the monkeys. Like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Oh, that sounds great, man. There's one of them left, though. Wait, no, there's still two of those guys still alive. Yeah, two. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think they're touring still as the monkeys. Speaking <laughs> of eco horrors. <laughs> All right. So I, I've got to ask this one. If the, the see, does this one fall into the eco horror? Mm-hmm. Velocipaster. Oh. <laughs> with that yeah, one, why with not? why not? <coughs> why not? I haven't seen it, but I mean, why wouldn't it? It's a Velociraptor with, I'm assuming, some level of faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a um. The genres you don't usually have those genres come together: the faith film and the dinosaur <laughs> movie. Yeah, now this one's a pastor who goes to Japan. After his parents are killed, but the the woods look strangely like a forest in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> but he's in Japan and he finds this. Actually, I'm sorry. I think he's in China. Oh, in China. Because it's funny because he is fighting ninjas. Oh, okay. That's in right. China. Okay. Right. But he finds this what would be a um, Velociraptor's nail, like the yeah, claw, claw, and it cuts him. Mm-hmm. So now it alters him that whenever he gets angry, he turns into a velociraptor. Oh, I love it. So it's kind of like a Spider-Man kind of approach. Yeah. Spider-Man meets Hulk and Jurassic Park. And also... And the first power. I, I don't know. <laughs> so would that be would that be eco-horror? I mean, he turns into a big velociraptor. That's a <laughs> yeah, that, that crosses so many subgenres there. You can call it whatever you want. You can call that a uh, musical. If you want. <laughs> that's how much territory covered with that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, most some of them. I think most of them are a little easier to classify. Like I don't think if you say I mean, "Day of the Animals" and you know it's animals going nuts one day, right. right in the title, then you know you've got eco horror. But when you start talking about like Velocipaster, I'm not really sure <laughs> what you want to call it. Yeah, see, we, we just have to bring that one up every so often in the in our podcast, just because we have to. Yeah, and it's you, you should considering <laughs> that title alone. I don't even need to see it to know I love Velocipaster. <laughs> uh, and I think it's on Prime now. I think it is. Yeah, the and l- l- let's say the the. I don't think there's any CGI. I think it's all practical. Oh yeah, and very horribly done. Oh, horribly oh, sh- done. And they, oh, my, they know what they're doing. They they know damn well <laughs> what their intentions were, and they succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also something I know. Like we were talking about the sci-fi films, and now apparently, I guess, Velocipaster, from what you're saying, the movies that know they're bad. Mm-hmm. That doesn't appeal to me that much either, as much as a movie that is earnestly trying to be good, but still turned out bad. Right. Uh, and that's not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't have to be a monster movie or eco-horror at all. I just like bad horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's bad by other people's uh, classification. For me, if it's entertaining, it's still a good movie. Right. So, But yeah, when you're intentionally trying to make a bad movie, I don't. I don't. It doesn't have an appeal to me. I don't really like it. Right. Say okay. See, there's. I'm a, not opinionated at all, and, and obviously. Right. See, there's a difference though, because now, okay, now we're going down rabbit trails, and I'm. 
I love is having it, this conversation. Is, is that what we're all about, Rabbit Trails? Absolutely. Speaking of eco-horror, we're going <laughs> like, down rabbit trails. Exactly. <laughs> with the Forrest Kelly and Nyla Lepus. Oh, no. rest in peace. He just passed away. Yeah, he did. Um, so you have the films that are... They're trying to make a bad movie. You mm-hmm. know, and trying to make it look like they're making a bad movie. You know, like The Lost of Pastor or whatever. But then you have the films that are love letters to the bad films. Like Anything by Larry Blamire. Right, Larry did a great job with those movies. Yeah, yeah, because I know you're 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 a Larry fan as well as we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love Lost Skeleton of Cadabra. Mm-hmm. That's the if you're talking about this genre specifically, it's probably the best of its kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, he's you know he's releasing them you know now on Blu-ray, which I'm thrilled with. You know, the, he he released Lost Skeleton Returns again. He released Trailer Screaming Forehead. And he's now doing and, the Dark And now he's doing Dark and Stormy Night. Okay. In yeah, and, glorious Blu-ray. Um, Lost Skeleton Returns Again, and that is the right title. Yes. Um, that's not on Blu-ray yet, right? No, that just came out on Blu-ray. He, he, okay. Yeah, he didn't do the original one. He The first one he did was Lost Skeleton Returns Again. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed you then. I thought you. I thought you were talking about the original for that. And then Trail of the Screaming Forehead, which is your '50s alien invasion blob type invaders from Mars type of film. And then Dark and Stormy Night, which is just yeah. <coughs> movie. That's a great one. Yeah. Which I just got notification. We should be getting our um, script in June. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, because some of the perks from contributing to the Kickstarter is, you know, digital copies of the script and stuff like that. Oh, great, man. Blumeyer's a heck of a nice man. Yeah, he is. I met him once at a a place in uh, Philly. Uh, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. And he was really nice. Ah. But, uh, yeah, homage films are great. I mean, of course, they have to nail it because the people watching it are such huge fans of the films that they're paying homage to. Right. You can't kind of sort of half-step your way through it and have these people who are obsessed with the movies to begin with uh, show you any respect or have any interest. So that's why uh, Larry is great at it, because he, he nails them every time. Yeah. There's a really good... Um, this is not eco-horror, but it's a it's an unusual movie. There's an homage to uh, Herschel Gordon-Lewis, and the film's called Smash Cut. Which is on a par with uh, Larry Blamire as far as how much the affection of the people making the movie comes through on the screen. Oh. How much they really love the genre that they're that they're showing you. Oh, okay. And it's a movie called Smash Cut. So if there's anybody out there who likes Herschel Gordon Lewis as much as I do, the guy who made Blood Feast, right? Then go for it. If you don't like him, edit this part out so no one will hear anything about it. <laughs> 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 oh man. Okay. Um. Anything more? Yeah, I think I think that's well, it for me. That, yeah. Okay. I'm guzzling water, so yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. You know what we're gonna do? Let's take a little break, 
and I'm going to play a couple of ads. And then when we come back, I want to ask you about something specific, uh, PJ. I'll be here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are you trapped in the 80s and love retro? But do you also want to know what's going on in the world today? Then you got to check out the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. The Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast is hilarious, and I guarantee it with a funny back guarantee. Now, here's a little taste of this powerful podcast. Now, yes. Br- yeah, Brian Dennehy, we all know him as the only person to kill Rambo in any of the Rambo movies. That's, that's right, <laughs> isn't it? That's correct, yes. Why do nerds get so mad when you when you do uh, ironic comedy like that? Because they're nerds. Yeah, I always they put got- it They've got to be right. I, I put it up on Twitter. I always do my uh, powerful, ironic comedy. And if you mm-hmm. want to enjoy that comedy, please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. But I always tweet something and they're like, oh, actually, uh, Brian Dunhe did not kill him. Well, there you have it, guys. Go to AmishBabyMachine.com and subscribe now. I'm Brad Johns, unbelievably successful author, writer, novelist, playwright, poet, essayist, columnist, bard, speaker, influencer, thought leader, entrepreneur, unbelievably successful business owner, startup creator, angel investor, and professional underwater Zumba instructor. I started The Brad Johnson Show because I knew it was time to give back. There are so many people out there, just like you, with seriously messed up lives. My life is perfect, and I have all the answers. So now, I'm saying you're welcome. I didn't have to share my knowledge with you, but I will. But I am. So listen to The Brad Johnson Show anywhere you get podcasts. Seriously, we're everywhere. In a world filled with movie podcasts, Colson and Brad bring you a movie podcast? If you love top ten lists, news, and reviews, then Watcher's Podcast is the show for you. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and we're back. Um, PJ, I know that you have also dabbled in filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> And I know, you know, one film that I saw that you had had for a while was uh, Gator Annie. Yeah, yeah, it was a short that we made over uh, basically a 12-hour period. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, someone mentioned that to you, did they? Um, I had seen it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think think about a year ago or so you had it on YouTube? Yep. Yeah, we posted, and it's. I think it's closed. Um, I don't have. It's not my account or anything. So, like, I could tell you to go search Gator Annie, mm-hmm. but you, I don't think you're gonna find it. I don't think so. But because yeah, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was part alligator, part woman, and mm-hmm. uh, you have a, a a video or vlogger who is out in the woods. He's a wilderness vlogger, and he encounters people who warn him, of course, about Gator Annie. But he plunges further uh, forward anyway, and. Spoiler alert, he does eventually encounter the legendary beast, Gator Annie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, I mentioned Mahoney Drive-In where uh, Jeff Lieberman did the squirm yeah. presentation. They're the ones who put the contest together and they sent out, uh, you know, hey, we're having a 12-minute movie contest. Make this film in 12 minutes and have it submitted by, or make this film run 12 minutes and have it submitted by a certain date. And we just jammed it all together uh, you know, we had the idea of a half gator, half woman, but that's all we had, and we took it from there and wrote a real fast script, got it together, basically a day of shooting, a couple hours of editing, and then we put it into this contest to find out that everyone already had their movie ready for like two years, and they weren't adhering to the 12-minute contest. 
So we were we worked really hard on it and probably could have uh, we probably could have uh, taken a few shortcuts, but we did get honorable mention, which was really nice. Ah, oh. hmm. yeah, they were good to us, and they showed it on the big screen, which is any film lover's dream come true. They actually put it up on the big driving screen for everybody to see that night. Ah. Oh. That was Sweet. a place, man. So I'm glad you brought it up, but, but I wish people could Google it and find it or YouTube it and find it, but I don't think they can. Yeah, and I say I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite funny. Wasn't there Thank you. Was there a running gag about like deer poop or something in it? Yeah, yeah, there was Okay. I am remembering it correctly. <laughs> as, as any uh, well, I'm glad you did because we we giggled over that too. We uh, one was even in uh, improv. The guy was so used to hearing us talk about deer poop, he added one. Uh, that's our friend Brad who did a really fun job in that. It's, it was a lot of fun. Deer poop, um, half woman, half gator. You really can't go wrong with that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's really neat. We, we got a, a mask that we ordered a. Uh, um, on Prime to make sure we had it because we had a four-day window to get everything ready to shoot on a Saturday. Uh, my wife ended up playing uh, two roles, which was fun. We had another friend who did a male role and a female role, supposed to be twins. It was really fun, but it's 12 minutes long. Uh, if I could ever get a link to you, Dino, I'd love you to see it again, man. That would be great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up, man. <laughs> no, yeah. No problem. No problem. Um, okay. I think we're, we're closing in. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, PJ, I definitely want to have you come back on, man. This is a, this is definitely a blast. Brother. It was my pleasure. I had a great time, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. It's anytime I get a chance to talk about monster movies. And, uh, I will say this for you guys. Um, I was always intrigued by the fact that you had... Uh, you were combining your faith with your love of horror because it's not something anyone ever expects. Right. And when I bring it up to people, they think a lot of times I have friends who walk all kinds of paths, and uh, some of them have uh, or have a life you know based in religion. I know I, there's some atheists in my life I love very much. I'm I'm cool with everybody, mm -hmm. and I get all kinds of reactions when I mention you, but they always seem to uh, appreciate the fact that. You love horror as much as you do, and when I've had a couple of people listen to it, they think it's neat that you can focus so much on the genre and uh, still come from a place of faith, which is so important to you guys. So I think it's really cool, and you know, I, I give you two thumbs up for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah. you know, and we aren't the only ones. Um, <clears throat> I know that there's the the Fear of God podcast where they actually take a film every week and they you know when they do they one guy really loves horror the other guy is kind of more of a horror noob but is learning to appreciate it and they watch a film and it'll be something like you know hereditary one day or something by rob zombie they don't shy away from the films they watch right and, well and, neither do you guys right really open-minded about what you watch and how you receive it which yep. is cool and they do they, like they get into like an hour and a half long conversation on a movie and break it down you know and spiritually and they spiritually analyze it so right. that's a, another good show and then our very good friends uh, father and son watch horror movies 
Pastor mm-hmm. Matt. He was on a couple of episodes ago. We spoke with him. Yeah, he, I heard that. That was really good. Yeah, and they do a fantastic, you know, show. And it's, you know, it, it fit in with us because it was a parent bringing up their kid on horror and he's a pastor. Yeah. And a couple of times since that we've, we've uh, watched his uh, ser- his services. Yeah, his live he, stream he, church. His live stream church and he o- live stream church and he's wearing a Friday the 13th t-shirt. During we love it. Love it. That's really great. <laughs> I think that's terrific. I'm you know, I'm not shy about talking about my faith as far as where I am. It's always uh, uh, my feelings about God and religion are so convoluted. But it has a place in my life, and that I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, to your open-mindedness for you guys to have a fire-breathing, monster-loving heathen like me on your show. <laughs> what you guys are willing to do. No. <laughs> no problem. My pleasure, brother. I love you. Um pleasure all mine, man. Have a great time. Thank you, both of you. All right. And... Yeah? Oh, nope. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, You know where to find us, gangalley.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Hot Podcast, the Facebook group, everywhere else. You know what we say, guys. Be decent to each other. Yes, sir. Peace.